Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. You know, I always evaluate my own employment when we start these episodes. And today I'd say 60% employed and it was self-employment. I'll get into that in a little bit, but I'm so excited for our guest today. He's one of the funniest comedians around town. I, I love seeing him perform. I'm so excited he's here. He's a stand-up comic. He's made, He made his late night debut on oh, the best of the best on Conan, if you can believe. He also briefly wrote for HQ Trivia, what, what? We've got Khalid Rahman on the pod. Hello, my friend. Hi. Hey, what's up, Anna? Thank you so much for having me. Yep, I did have a cup of coffee over at the ranch at HQ. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. It's really, honestly, just before we get into it, I want to say I am such a fan. Of I'm what? such a fan of, of you. <laughs> no. I'm a huge fan of yours. Oh my Honestly, God. this is how I this is social media. I have a few like go-to accounts and then I, I'm not allowed to scroll. Because <gasps> scrolling for me is bad. It leads to jealousies and envies and hatred and bad feelings. Yes. So I I have like five accounts I go to, and yours is one of them. On like Twitter, on Instagram, on everything. I only check out like five or six people. Khalid, you're making my life right wow. now. This is, I am Honestly, so honored. Even Ellen's like, wow. That's her? amazing. Honestly, it's, <laughs> it girl. is crazy. I didn't want to fanboy out in front of Ellen before we start recording, but it is, it is seriously like, I will sit there and watch your videos and I'll be like, Miranda? I'll like, I straight I up Miranda? If, if, I, if I'm having a down moment in my day, I can think, Miranda? I love and it, it makes so me much. laugh so hard in my spirit. So <laughs> I have to so thank much. you. Your, and your Joan Rivers is uncanny. Oh, my God. You're the only I've one on seen, the internet who likes <laughs> Oh, my God. I've seen other people do it, and they don't get the in-between breathy part. Which, ah, ah, all, ah. Her, her, like, fighting her breath and, like, fighting yeah. the fact that she's alive. And, and you hit that so perfectly. It Thank makes you. me laugh so goddamn hard. Oh you are so God. talented and funny. And I just been wanting to say that for so long. And I'm so glad I got to say it because I am, life is short. I want to cry right now. This is the nicest. You are too kind to me right now. You are. This is so sweet. And I am so flattered and honored that you have said this because it's been a hard few months. So I am just so grateful that you like them. That, I mean, oh. Honestly, here's the thing. As performers, especially as comics, we spend so much time when we start out doubting ourselves mm-hmm. and hating on ourselves and having a negative uh, inner self-talk. And the negative self-talk can get to a, a frenzy. Mm-hmm. So it, I feel for my spirit, it really does me good when people tell me they like what I'm doing. Yeah. Even if they pull me aside and they're like, yo, that one joke, I always think about it. Like, Or I saw you perform when I was younger and I was starting and I was like, oh, he's so funny. Like that... It, it fills up your, your cup inside. Totally. Aww. We have to have it, and we don't give it to ourselves enough. So whenever I can give it to someone else in, like, this little legitimate level where it's like, oh, this is something I'm a fan of, I have to say it. So I'll message people privately all the time. I'll always let people know because, like, I love it when people do that for me. I remember Ben Kronberg did that for me when I started out. I love Ben I was Kronberg, three, yeah. Amazing guy. I was three years in. I had a really hot set at, hot, at um, Gandhi. And he was there. And the next day on Facebook, he just posted like completely unprompted, just posted this amazing thing. How it was a great honor to watch me perform. And I did so well. And I was so goddamn funny for a, so a, nice. a young comic. It was good. To see. And it, it, honestly, I thought about it for like a year. Yeah. It, it, it kept me going. So I just want to like, you know, g- give you props because your videos are next level. 
the character work, Thank the little you. nuances of every little nuance thing you hit of the person. It's like this is like a S beyond an SNL level performance. Okay, so I love I, you. I, I need Thank you. I need you to know that. <laughs> Oh my God. That's so nice. I don't even know where to go. I know. I'm going to fall off my chair. I feel, thank you so much. That is so sweet of you. And I really appreciate it because I sort of, you know, and I agree with you that I think we do need to lift each other up and share each other's work, especially, I don't know if people realize it, but like, you know how nice it feels when someone just shares a post of yours? It's the dumbest thing ever, right? It's you, so, you it's sh- the smallest thing. It means so much. It means the world, especially yes. now that we're monetizing these fucking posts yes. because Instagram is allowing that. TikTok is allowing yes. that. And I just, I, I can't tell you how much this means to me. I will remember this for the next year. You will keep me going oh, for the next year. I, mean, I really I love that. And honestly, like you've given me so much joy in my breaks <laughs> from work. I mean, you're Hilaria. And when you yell the names, <laughs> Rafa Nadal, Mama oh, you, Petitos. You know, like, it you know. It's so freaking funny. And all the Spanish names you're coming oh up my with. God, and all like, the Spanish terms, like the, her, silly, <laughs> her silly kids' names. It's so freaking funny. Well, she'll probably be back on social media when this uh, episode yes. drops. However, yeah. she is taking a, uh, a mental health uh, a break from social media. So yes, we should respect yes. her As privacy. She took right a whole now. hour yeah. away from Instagram mm-hmm. and we have to give her props for that. A whole hour. Yeah. She's, she, didn't, she didn't post her stuff. Can I tell you guys something, though, that someone sent me this the other day? I have, there's a whole, oh, there's a whole Hilaria uh, fan base there's a whole Reddit and someone <laughs> sent me someone sent me a, a Instagram account that's like the Baldwin family and it was created two days ago and the photos are all of the babies of the kids as babies but they're all very like um like intimate photos that only you would have on your phone if you are a parent of these kids. You know, they're not like People oh Magazine photos. They're not like, you know, professional. And uh, and they're all liked by her. And they're all posted within the last two days. And I'm like, oh, she couldn't stay off. Maybe she needed to make oh another Oh, my account. God. She needed another fix. It's like I was telling you. It's oh. like... An alcoholic on day one of sobriety yep. just walking past a bottle of mouthwash and they got to down it to get that taste. They got to get that taste of that liquor. Yeah. They're like, kids were doing Tide, right? How are these Tide pods these days, huh? Absolutely. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. Well, uh, you have made my life. I'm, I'm be- you didn't have to say any of that on air, and I appreciate it so, so much. You are the sweetest. Oh. And I always think that you are, you're so funny and you bring such a good energy into this dark world. Like, a lot of comics are fucking jaded. You know, you go to a show and you try and talk to someone who you thought was nice and friendly and they're like, yeah. I don't know. You know, They don't want to talk uh, to you. They want to fucking do the their worst. set and be done. And I've had a lot of that lately and I get that people have had a fucking terrible two years. But like you, even on the Zoom shows that we did over the pandemic, you've always like, I'm like, he's always just like, got, got it. You're, you're on, you're ready to go. And I think that your energy is why, you know, you're going to be successful, why you are successful. People want to work with people who are, who bring it to the table. So I'm just Thank saying. Thank you. I'm just oh, saying. I really appreciate that. Like, I, I, I do. I, yeah, I really appreciate that. And like, I, um, I'm so happy in my life. I think it just, I can't help but show it. And uh, I just kind of re, I redid my whole steez. I changed everything up over the pandemic. Really? Only, only for the better. Yeah. Well, I got to say, you've already taught me one lesson, and maybe Ellen too, that we should not be doom scrolling, and we should just pick accounts we like. To check out. I you start reposting that. people's stuff, too. I oh, my mean, God. I didn't it, even think about that. I'm going to repost world. more. I mean, because I see, you know, you'll see comics. They, they don't want to post other people's shit. It makes them jealous. And it's like. 
Absolutely. You don't know. What if he sells a TV show tomorrow and there's a part that's great for me or there's a writing job that's great for me? Like you got to you got to pump each other up. You literally don't know who's going to make it to the next level. Like, you know, I think about the people who did that show Hacks, like and they're all friends, the three mm-hmm. showrunners, like you know, they could have all been jealous of each other and like not rooted for each other over the years. And now they're fucking winning Emmys. Like, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. It is so important to not be a hating ass hater. Yeah, it is. That is one of the biggest lessons that people need to learn is like, just don't be a hating ass hater. Your time will come and everything is happening as it should. Because if you spend all your time looking at what other people are doing and being envious and hating on what they're doing, that's less time for you to be shining doing what you're doing. And it is. all that energy, it takes up a lot of energy being a hater. It really yeah. does. Because that hatred, it really burns deep when you start getting 1, into it. So. So if you can like take away the tools that allow you to be a hater, for me that was scrolling on social media, uh, it's going to be better for your life. Yeah. That's you know, why I, I started making videos. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start making shit every other day because I lost a job that I had in like December. So I was like, all right, new year. <laughs> She's putting out content every every day, every other day. If I can do it four times a day, great. I'll try and do that. But, you know, it's not always easy. It's great. I mean, it's what it's what we know. need to be doing. And again, keep keeping yourself busy is the way to get to avoid that hating as haterness. Hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, so we got to get into this. We know right now you are employed, right? Yes. He's already he, you've dropped it. You've dropped the employment, uh, you know, status on us. Um, what are you doing right now? What's going on? Anna, I am overemployed. Oh God! I over, I need to be less employed. You need an assistant. <laughs> I'm I, well, here for you. Well, you know what it is. It's so I really went on this like journey at the beginning of the pandemic. I okay. was like, I was in a bad spot to be honest. I was kind of like looking around at my life and like I had just done you know 25 and then 26 days of stand up like on January in January and February. I was wow. touring. I was touring with a college tour in uh, Montreal when the world shut down. Oh my and God! Then I got. Yeah, did you I got get home. stuck in Canada? I almost did. I think we got one of the last flights out because Holy it was, shit. I saw Akash sing in the airport going to do a gig on our way into Canada. And then the way out, we were like, yo, are you getting out? He's like, yeah, I'm getting out. We, and then they were shutting <sighs> down things, shutting everything down, the whole country within those, that week. <sighs> so I got back to New like York. It was like this and was, week, two years ago. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I got back to New York and I looked around at my life and I'm like, oh, this is bad. I need to fix this. Like I had. No steady money coming in. I had like a 20-hour-a-week customer service job that I hated, by the way. Um, I was very unmotivated un- and uninspired. Even though I was doing a lot of stand-up, I was, un- I was not running new things. I hated my jokes. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, was, I felt like I was stuck in neutral. Um, I had lost my writing job with, with Out of Tune, who was a HQ competitor a oh. year before. Yeah, a year and a half that before. That Melody we- worked for. You worked with Melody there? Yes, Melody Love worked that there. Girl. She's great. Melody's awesome. Yeah, she's great. So, we text still. We love each other. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I, you know, I was, oof, I did, I did a year, I did like six months of extra work, like doing backgrounds. So, so, so funny. <laughs> you we told were me that we were chatting about it, and so I hated that. I hated doing background. Oh my god, they treat you so bad. They do. <laughs> you are not even a human on not on a person. Those. You are nope. not a person. You are a number. You are cattle. It's bad. Yep. You're a number, and you know, you're like a clothing hook. Like they yeah. like just. Put this on. <laughs> Walk. Yeah. No, yeah. it's bad. So I, you know, I got back to New York after the college tour was obviously canceled. Then everything was canceled. Stand up was canceled. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, what am I going to do with myself? Like, I have two roommates I hate. 
<laughs> I uh, I'm a little too old to be like living this way. I need to have some. I don't have any savings. I want to be thinking about retirement. So basically, I decided to like lean into the things that I had, had a little bit of success with before, and maybe might be a career path outside of stand up because it's mm-hmm. so uncertain. So I started reaching out to contacts about writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote for Adam, although I was you say head- writing like I'm like as a stand up you you do write a lot <laughs> like yes, you are absolutely. primarily like, a writer yeah <laughs> I, know I mean, mean. Like, like writing for TV and stuff so yeah. I, I wrote for out, of, for out of tune I was a head writer there for a year and a half and um, I wanted to get back to that I had been writing, writing commercials before that mm. for this ad agency so I reached out to them and things were kind of slow and shut down, but I kept on reaching out to contacts. I got a better customer service job, actually, okay. um, after I was laid off from the previous one. It was fur- I was furloughed. And I immediately, almost immediately got fired. <laughs> like, almost, like, Why? record just- time. <laughs> I just wasn't, I'm just not good at, like, I'm not good at technical systems. So there were like a bunch of different websites that had to be involved in the customer service for this one gig. Um, I could never get them get them down. My boss knew I was effing up. Within the first three <laughs> months, I was already kind of on like a like an improvement plan kind of situation. Oh no! And, and, and then, it was all like, remote, right? You were it was home all remote. Trying to figure it was this all remote. Out. I'm just like steady getting like the evil eye over Zoom. Oh no! <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. So then that last week, like three months in, he. Uh, dropped on on Slack. He was like, "Hey, so um, I put a little time on the. It was a Thursday. I put a little time on the on the calendar for us to talk tomorrow morning. Oh, so no. you know, I'll see you then." <laughs> and I thought to myself, my spidey senses were like, "You know what? People get fired on Thursdays, and I've been effing up for a minute." <laughs> so I, also, I was probably, I hate when they plan yeah. you you're not mm-hmm. dumb and like if I was 20 maybe I'd be like okay cool let's chat tomorrow I mean once you hit a certain age you're like I know what this is just tell yeah. me right now just slack it to me now we don't need to yeah make this a whole of, I, meeting yeah I was proud of myself I actually uh messaged him calmly I was like hey <laughs> uh if this is bad news I'd rather hear it right now. I don't want to have anxiety all night long. So do me, the, do me the solid. And he wrote back, took like took it like a man, wrote back and was like, you know what? And he just sent me a he just sent me a Zoom link and he just calmly fired me over Zoom. Wow. <laughs> and I'm it was, surprised uh, he even went to get you the link to Zoom. He couldn't just like be like, thanks so much for all your work. But unfortunately, it's, it's not going to happen. I would have been like, that's the best way to break up with me right now. I think that would have been a little bit cold. Really? <laughs> someone you someone you've worked with for three months and like you're trying to mentor. Yeah, you want to do it face to face, and I I get that. So oh, see, he, I'm um, different. Even if I'm different. dating, if you're dating someone for three months, I'm like, don't don't make me go out with you to break up with me. I would rather a text right now saying. I think a phone call is appropriate. Out. If you would have called me, that'd have been cool too. I, you know, I think human I think human, human call, level. You think a phone call actually is how I would have done it? A Zoom yeah. link is like aggressive early in a pandemic too. We were like, ah, Zoom, we gotta. And here's Put a the shirt thing. On. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been fired when you deserved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yo, it was rough. I felt bad for him having to fire me. I was like, dude, it's like, am I, I was like, dude, it's going to be okay. Like, I was so, he looked so <laughs> sad. Anna, he looked so sad. You're he looked so like someone nice. had, he looked like his dog had just died. It was so sad. I'm like, hey, man. Thanks for giving me a shot. I get it. I was, of course, like kind of crushed because I just doubled my living expenses and moved to a new apartment. Uh-huh. You got your <laughs> so own place? Yeah, I got my own place right, yeah. right, right after I got hired. So, uh, But basically, it all worked out. Honestly, I was thinking I was unemployed for, at that point, for, 20, for 36 hours after that, and I got a new job that was even better. Um, 36 yeah. hours? I thought I was going to say days. I hours. literally thought you were going to be like days, and you wrote that unemployment check, and I was like, hell yeah. That's nah, what I, I did. <laughs> I got a new job that was even better, and it worked out great. 
great customer service gig, much more chill at my speed. And like things happen the way they're supposed to, you know, like, um, so anyway, I got that, I got that, the day job situation worked out. I moved into my own place, which was huge. Amazing. Having my own space is huge. Like I had 20 years of roommates, too many years of roommates. And then I kind of re, I kind of reframed what it means to, to make it in comedy. Um, I, when I first started, all I wanted to do, my, uh, seriously, my only goal when I first started was to do one of the hot shows one time. <laughs> like I want to do whiplash one time, one time. Okay. just like just as, just so I can say I did it. And then mm-hmm. like I, then eventually I was the, on all the hot shows and that was really good. And then I got to do it on TV and I got to be a hot ri- head writer on a show and like all these things. And so I'm like, I look at myself and I'm like, oh, you did it like you did. You're doing it. You still are striving for more. But guess what? You did it. You did what most people will never do. Yeah. And you should be proud of that. So I, I, I carry that with me. And then also I um I got. I set a new goal like a few years ago, which was to be a working comedian. Like I want all my money to come from comedy. Mm-hmm. And then during the pandemic, because of the Zoom corporate shows that I love now, I'm I managed to do that for the last five months. Like I have two incomes, and the bigger income is comedy. That's amazing. And that's like was my goal to be a working comedian. So like I feel like I already did it. I feel like I've already made it. So I don't feel like you know the hateration when people like get all the stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm doing it, and I'm still working on other things now. And I'm starting to do TV stuff. So it's all like happening. I think the way it's supposed to. That's so great, and you have very good outlook on this. You know, the world was kind of crumbling, and you were like, all right, we're all in the same playing field right now. Like, unfortunately, you know, it was really scary, but also for someone in entertainment, someone who's doing comedy and everything, nobody was doing shows. Nobody was fucking going places. Like it was, it was a very mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, some people really couldn't handle it. And you embraced, you were like, let me figure out what I want to change about me. I'm not going to worry about other things. Like, take care of myself right now. And you did it. And that's why you're doing it still. Yeah. And I mean, I actually left off one of my jobs. I, in, addition, in addition to the Zoom shows, in addition to the full-time customer service gig, in addition to, you know, <laughs> uh, writing commercials occasionally for, this, um, for mm-hmm. this ad agency, I also have been doing voiceover now. Hell yeah. And it's so, so dope. Fun. It's mm-hmm. so, I can do it. And all this stuff is cool. I'm doing it off my apartment, which is yeah. the best. It's so good not to be outside with people in COVID. It's I the know. best. I know. I did a voiceover <laughs> you know? job for my apartment. It was stressful because I was like, I hope this sounds on the level they want. But like, they also heard my audition tapes. Like, they cast it. So, but yeah, it's so cool and to be in finally, your sweatpants and just Finally, last work. week, I started to work towards another goal, which is to do... TV stuff and commercials. When I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be on commercials. I thought commercials were so freaking cool, and <laughs> I'm working towards that. So I did my first like uh, promotional video mm-hmm. project with this comedy producer who's been like really good to me, and that was like my first time having lines. Uh, you know, I've done I've done forty freaking background extra you know productions. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, we were gonna record last week, and then you were like, I booked a job, and I was yes. like. <laughs> Okay, then, he's not coming on the podcast now. I mean, <laughs> fuck that. I'm breaking the <laughs> no, rules. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Everyone who comes I, on, we want to be employed. Oh, thank you. And then when I walked into that gig, I got an email about another gig, which is mm. more in line with the TV stuff I want to do. I always wanted to be on like a show like Best Week Ever or, or Girl Code. Mm-hmm. And I got a, a producer from my out-of-tune days reached out about um, auditioning to – uh, be a talking head on a show about the 90s. Like, like one of those kind of best week ever, like I love the 90s kind of shows. Oh my God. Where I just like crack wise about the, it was right up my alley. Like that's my time period. So 
uh, my she liked she loved my reel that she said the client really liked it and they hired me so I did my first like recording session for it on Friday and it's going to be that's on TV awesome. at some point. I'm so, so excited yeah. for you. That's so that fun. Like, I did that job yeah. for the last three years for BuzzFeed. It was like a '90s throwback uh, show and we had to do those talk. It was literally that and they're so fun, especially for a comic. It's like you know you get to do your one liners and like they'll tell you to do it. It's it's such a good gig. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. That's great. Thank you. And I'm a nerd, so you know I spent like a lot of time preparing all the questions and funny jokes for each well, yeah, answer, you're like a in writer, advance. You're, you know. <laughs> so they were like, afterwards, they were like, "You did a great job. It was a home run. You really like had so many fun options for all the our yeah. questions. Like, we definitely want to work with you again. We have other things coming up." And I'm like, "Hell yeah!" So I said to my phone number, and now I'm like, hopefully, going to be doing more things with them. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank I you. like that you're setting one goal at a time. You know what I mean? You're like, you know what? I want to focus on this. I want to focus on this. I think. It feels like sometimes overwhelming, like, well, I have to be, I have to get a set on TV. Like you said, I did that. And that's amazing. And I, a lot of people won't get that. And, but you, you, you break it up for yourself. So you're not putting it to, all on you at once. Yeah. I try to break it up. Like my, my, my next thing I want to do is I want to um, keep doing TV things, but also I want to develop a YouTube show so I can have some content that's consistent to put out. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm developing a show with my friend Remy and I, I can't talk about what it's about, but I think it's going to be. Really, we have a production company working with us, and I think it could be a good show. And then I want to do a basketball show. Is it Remy show. Casimir? Yes, Remy Casimir. Remy, uh, who was our last guest on the podcast. Hell yeah, you Remy. Be coming out. And Team you know what? Remy. I actually also know the production company because I am working on a show with them as well. Yes, Colin, there we this go. is going to lead us to working together. Honestly, I would love nothing more. Like I have been such a fan of yours for so long. I'm and a then, fan of, of course, yours, and you are, the have pandemic. the drive. You know, you really fucking do. It's it, it's admirable. Oh, thank you. I feel like we're the same way about you. I mean, during the pandemic, you really like turned it up a notch, and it's like inspiring to see. Like you put out so much freaking funny stuff. I like, get paralyzed with fear to like <laughs> record myself doing a funny sketch and then putting it online because I wanna, I'll be judged for it. And you no. just fire out like four-week hilarious things. No. So freaking great. I, you know, I'm at this place where if I don't create, like, I don't know who I am. So when I'm in a dark place, Ellen knows this, like, I, I, I have to. Like, I don't know. I thrive on, like, working every day. And so I feel like I just sort of, I don't know. My my brain is like, you know, I'm sad about a lot of things. I'm not making money, right? You know, whatever I'm I'm going through, I'll just put it into a video. I mean, that's I a great, that's a great attitude to have. And I just know from, like, just how hard you work and how funny you already are, it's a matter of time. And I'm going to be, like, asking you to hook me up with, like, courtside tickets or something sometime soon. Oh, my God. We're going to go. Because you're freaking so funny. So, You're so sweet. Thank you. So I'm just like uh, waiting for the big things to happen that I know are coming. Oh, I, I, me too. I'm manifesting, as I tell Ellen every week. I'm manifesting this shit right now. Oh, hell yeah. I do think, and I say this all the time on the podcast, I think the people with drive and the people who just who just continue to do work, whether it's writing, whether it's making videos, whether it's, you know, I don't know, fucking claymation. I don't know what you feel like doing. The more you just put out things that you think are funny or you enjoy doing, it'll lead to something else. It's not going to be direct all the time, right? Like no one's going to hire me to, I mean, maybe knock on wood, they'll hire me to be Joan Rivers in a biopic or something. But like, I know that, you know, if I enjoy doing it, hopefully someone else will see that and they'll be like, oh, maybe she could do this instead. Like, I don't know. I just think that if you find something you are good at and you like doing, it'll, it'll propel you to the next level, whatever that is. And I'm just writing that shit out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's taken me a long time to come to that place of, 
um, comfort because for so long, I would just always measure myself against other people. And honestly, comparing yourself to others is like the worst violence you can do to yourself. Social media does that to us, though. Like, don't you kind of remember? I made a lot of videos early in my comedy career because we didn't have that. Like, we would throw them on YouTube, remember? And it was Mm -hmm. like cool. Like I put my video on you and I'd email a link to like all these friends and contacts. And like, that was kind of, you know, and sometimes it got big, it went viral and sometimes it didn't, but it didn't matter. Now you go on Instagram and it's like, you post a photo and you're like, how many likes does that person get on a photo? How how many likes do I get on my phone? And it's, it's just, it's built in, it's built in, you know, competition and it sucks, but yeah. When you don't care anymore, I think that's when you succeed. It sounds like you're you're figuring that out. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's what it was. I think, I mean, those big changes, like getting my own place, starting to work on other things, uh, my own passions, following that direction, saying no to stuff. Yeah. I had a, a big opportunity to for to submit um, a final round submission for this HBO writing job thing, mm-hmm. and I got that final. I got that. Um, the final round packet, and I just didn't like the direction they wanted to go with the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kept on emphasizing not funny, like uh, don't not too many jokes. Let the joke be like the second part, but not like the main thing. We want to be like serious about this and right. give some. I be high minded in our ideas, and I'm like, I'm a silly, silly goose. This will be torture if I get this job. I'll be yeah. making more money than I ever made before, but I'll be miserable trying to come up with less funny ideas than the <laughs> one. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I think, and I, since I turned that down, so many good things have happened. That's so great. So, I think, like, I think honestly, like, Whitney Cummings, people hate on her, and she definitely has some issues, but <laughs> she said something the other day. Yo, What'd your girl say? said something the other day that had me like, What'd she say? What? Uh, she said, <laughs> I've come to realize that my rejections have been my protection. And wow. I was like, oh, she was on some Purple Rain type stuff with that <laughs> with <those> lyrics, <laughs> dropping gems. She's redeeming herself from telling us what a comedian's job actually is. Or oh, something. the creep down the dark staircase <laughs> of horrors. Yeah, she is wacky. And you know what is great about her? She will fully admit that sometimes she is full of it and she is out of her mind. Yeah. Um, so... You know what? Same with like Chelsea Handler, you know? Yeah. She she knows herself. (laughs) These are these like eat, pray, loving uh, 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 white lady comedians who really will get in their own bullshit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really deep within it and to the point where they can't even see how ridiculous they sound sometimes. But uh, that gem, yo, I thought about that for like two days. I'm I'm going to think about that. That's really good. And it's also like... I've said no to things, I feel like, more in the last few years than, you know, when you first start out and you get an agent and they send you a packet and you're like, oh, well, I have to do it, right? I want to be a TV writer. I got to write comedy. And now, like, there are certain shows I'm like, I'll read it and I'll be like, this isn't me. I can't. I know. Yeah. Like you're saying, HBO or CBS or whatever. But I'm like, I'm going to have to do so much research to to understand this, you know, what they want. And then add the jokes in like like if it doesn't if it's not something I'm really passionate about, like, I don't know, maybe there's another job out there because then you're right. You're stuck in this contract. You're making good money and you're going to be like, this is what I want. Right. This is this is the dream. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's golden handcuffs. That's a real thing. People get stuck doing stuff they don't want to do or low quality work because uh, it's it theoretically on paper. 
yeah. you know, looks like the thing you should be doing, but inside it is killing your soul. Yeah. And I never wanted that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's smart. It's smart to say no. And I, I always, I feel power. And I said no to a job that a writing job that wasn't paying me what I asked for. And I was like, well, but at the time I'm like, Hannah, you need money. You got to pay this fucking rent. <laughs> like, you know, your brain is like, but you're also like, they're not paying me what I'm worth and I don't want to do this and they're going to take advantage of me and I'm going to have to work so many more hours than they're actually willing to give me money for. Like, and I don't know. I just think uh, I want to say I 36 mean, hours later, I got an amazing job, but I didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> you sound like uh, you sound like Red and Shawshank. I wish I could say that Andy Refrain <laughs> never had another run in with the sisters. But this is but, prison and this yeah. isn't fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wish I was Khalid. You know, I was just on the same path as you, but I'm not. So <laughs> mine might be 36 days. But you know okay. what? Okay, I, I might sound like I'm doing amazing now, but just so y'all know out there in listener land, uh, 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 three years ago, your boy was a broke <laughs> and did not have a pot to piss in. So I've definitely like had struggles and I, know. I just feel like I just celebrate. I celebrate the, um, the wins because the losses were adding up for Hell your yeah. boy for a while. I tore my leg up. Uh, I had like some rough times like five years ago. And since then, I've kind of made a comeback. So just like know that even if you're in a bad spot, you can turn that, that shit around. You Hell, can do it. Yeah, you, 1,000%. And that's what this podcast is about. So I'm so he's such a good energy. Right, Ellen? He's giving us like – I love it. This yeah. is therapy for me, for all of us. Oh, my God. So I got to do something because I always do this when I guess I like to take it back to yes. your teenage years. I want to know what was like the first job you ever had. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is kind of embarrassing, but also one of the greatest stories of my life. <laughs> Great. That I have to figure out how to talk about uh, in a comedic way. Um, I, when I was a teenager, I was like 15, 16, I became a nanny. I was maybe the only... Okay, a manny. The only teenage, black, straight nanny in America. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Um, I was. I grew up in Brooklyn. Oh, I should. I should qualify that. Teenage black straight male nanny in America. <laughs> wow. Um, I grew up in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. I went to a really well-to-do uh, private high school because I did. Some, I had good grades. Yeah. So I became a nanny for some of the kids there because the kids, <laughs> like the parents, had like a lot of money. They paid us really well. I was the only like sh- like dude who was willing <laughs> to do it. It was all. It was all girls. It was all teenage girls. And for some reason, this one kid took a liking to me and like recommended me to keep being his nanny more than like uh, one time for then this guy was i, I was a how nanny old was he for, he was like eight okay and you and were I, a teenage i was, six, you were, I, was yeah. six, I was 17 i was 16 16 or 17 yeah both okay. of those both of those years uh and i uh i was his dad was uh this dude who was the longest running phantom and phantom of the opera whoa <laughs> Yeah, so this dude was like, was like connected. So one night, <gasps> one 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 day in the summer before college, this uh, this dude um, called me up and he was like, "Hey man, um, the boys, which was like his son and his son's best friend, who had always babysit, they want to go see a concert." I was wondering if you could chaperone them, and I and then he was like, "Have you heard of a group called the Wu Tang Clan?" Stop. <laughs> Okay, I'm not proud of this, but I pretended to not know who they were because no. I knew they were inappropriate. <laughs> I knew oh. they were inappropriate for He's such an a good eight, nanny. He's like, oh, I don't want to. For two eight-year-old boys. 
I don't want to spoil it for my two homies. Oh, my uh, my God. Two, my two little homies. I wanted them to get to see Wu-Tang. Of course, I wanted to see Wu-Tang, of yeah. course. Because I was like, you know, I mean, that's like the, like the greatest <laughs> ever. So he was like, okay, cool. Here's what I'll do. I have to go do Phantom that night. So I'm going to send a black car. You're going to come to our house. I'll send a black car for y'all to take you to the Beacon Theater. And then the car will wait for you and then take you, bring you back here and then drop you home afterwards. So Holy you can make shit. sure to not be in the train. The nicest guy. And he's like, I'm going to pay you all this money. And like, you know, we'll pay for food for you on the way back. He hooked me up and, and great seats. Like he's like, the seats are going to be really good because he was tied in with Broadway, which like was tied in with Beacon Theater. Oh, wow. Wow. So cut, so cut to like a week later, I'm, I get picked up by this black car. I take these two eight-year-old white boys <laughs> to, go, <laughs> to go to freaking see Wu-Tang, a sold-out show, and, and a guest was opening for Wu-Tang. Who? You I'm, get two guesses. I don't know. When was it this? Was, it was 1995. Who would open for... Ellen, you get... I have no... I have, My brain Big, is like... Big rising star of of the hip hop scene in 1995, legendary uh, status. Eventually, I want to be like Alicia Keys. No, uh, Anna, the notorious B I G. <laughs> this was like the great. This is one of the greatest nights of my life. This is oh one God. of the greatest nights of my life. We get there. I'm with these two small white children. <laughs> And every thugged out person in the tri-state area. Because Wu-Tang and Biggie are the biggest things going. This they is had, so you know, funny. Metal detectors. So we had to line up. And then people got upset because it was taking too long to get into security. So they <laughs> bum-rushed the front. And like the security guard saw me with these two little boys. And he was like, waved me in. So I grabbed them. I picked them up and ran into the Beacon Theater. Oh, my holding God. Holding these two little white boys. <laughs> so me and the whites, we go inside. And oh my God, we look up, there is a cloud of weed smoke hovering oh above in the ceiling of the theater. Everyone's smoking weed. There's two uniformed cops on stage, completely <laughs> fine with it. It was insane. I, I'm like, I'm looking at the boys like, oh my God, this is so inappropriate. <laughs> so not but appropriate. It your idea. It was there. I mean, they invited I mean, you. I did a little deception in. I did a little, little, little deception. To, I said it was okay. It was not okay. <laughs> Also, you didn't go to the dad and be like, yo, there's this concert. There's this concert. I really think your son would, you know, totally enjoy. Uh, we should definitely go sometime. I did they do came that. to they came to you. They came so, to me. They came to me. Okay, so you know. we get inside and um first the o- opening acts are good. Uh and then Biggie's like the main opening act. They That's drop wild. the lights, they drop the house lights down. Put them back up. We're in the third row, by the way. This is insane. Like, insane good seats. And we, we're, the, the lights go back up. Biggie's standing there, and they start playing the warning video behind him. And then, <laughs> and then at one point, he, he sings Big Papa, and he goes, Ladies, rub your titties if you love Big Papa. And I swear to God, these three women who were sitting in front of us and to the side of us lifted their freaking tank tops and started rubbing their breasts. Oh my I God. I put my arm in front of the boys, like covering covering their eyes while I was like so wide-eyed and focused. Like I've <laughs> never been in my whole virgin life. Oh my God. I was so Stop. freaking excited. And then you're like um, earmuffs, like what's his face? I'm, like in trying, old to, school. I'm trying to earmuff, earmuff and and eye eye muffs. <laughs> Cover. <yeah. laughs> earmuffs and eye muffs on two boys. Oh Impossible. My God. Uh and so like the concert's amazing. Wu Tang comes out, they're incredible. They start stage diving. I'm like very scared because the stage diving is close to us. <laughs> and I have these two midget white children with me. Oh my God. So so me and the white me and the white midgets are there. 
and we're enjoying ourselves. And then we leave, and I, I we walk out. I'm immediately like, oh my god, their dad cannot find out anything about what happened this concert. <laughs> so I like pull them aside and basically like I, I'm like, listen, this this is how it is. <laughs> You didn't see anything inappropriate. There was no no one was smoking anything. No one was naked. It was very tame. It was very calm the whole time. There were no cops. There were no cops there. <laughs> I was like just filling their heads with lies oh to tell their dad. And also, they reeked of weed smoke. So <laughs> you had to shower them. <laughs> I had um the the, <laughs> the driver stop and pick and got a bottle of Febreze from a bodega and I sprayed them with Febreze. Like I maced them with Febreze. Ah, just spraying them and spraying and spraying them. Oh my god! And then we got inside and like I had them go and change and I took their clothes and put them in the wash machine and started the wash. I, I covered my tracks, and I was like, listen, again, if you want me to be, continue to be your cool, your very cool babysitter, do not tell your dad anything <laughs> bad that happened. None of the eight things I said happened, happened. And so after that, they, they never snitched. Good kids. And I was able to babysit them, and I made so much money babysitting that summer. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. And like yeah. – also for your like first time at like a big cool concert and you're like you have two kids with you like what the fuck <laughs> what a cool story for them too you know oh my god I'm sure they, do you still talk to these kids I, I have to reconnect with them um I I haven't talked to them in years you know I was so much older but oh my god I'm sure they tell their friends and hopefully they have kids now probably they tell about it because it was crazy like That's they so stuck, funny when I say stuck out like a sore thumb like. <laughs> Like the the people next to us had so much leather and jewelry on, and then there's there's ladies showing their breast. It was crazy. It was the craziest. And then there's two kids in polo shirts. They're like funny. polo shorts, khakis, yeah. bowl haircuts, bowl cuts. It was crazy. That's oh my so god, funny. it was so cool. Yeah, I love was, that really story. Cool. Oh my god, you gotta tell that at like the moth or something. That's such a I, funny story. Yeah, I think I can get it. I can work it now to becoming like a like a like a, like a set, like a short yeah. set or something. Because I tried to pitch it after Conan, and I didn't have the skills to like really make it into like a thing. But now I feel like I got it. I feel like I can make. I it. I love it. I think it's so funny. It oh was, my god! It, and, and all true. It was insane. It was a crazy night. I just love that that dad a didn't do any research on like what concert he was sending his kid to. Like 1995 you know, was such a different time. Like, it was. Yeah, right? you know? it was. It was so trusting. It was so trusting back then. We were watching real sex on HBO. <laughs> we were, you know, no one cared anymore. Oh, that's totally. so funny. Is So the dad was in, oh, Phantom Forever. That was the show. Oh. He's in Phantom Forever. Very good. Very good dude. I mean, like. Did you get to great- go see Phantom? I did. I did. It was awesome. Got, yeah. um, I loved I loved Broadway. I thought it was so cool to know like a celebrity. It was it was awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great. So you were a nanny in high school. Can I ask would you have to pick them up after school? Like cuz you had homework and stuff. Like you were in school. Was it just like a nighttime babysitting yeah. day? Yeah. It was like when he would have a function um, on the weekend night, on the weekend night, or even sometimes, sometimes during the week. And the cool thing about being a, a nanny is you get to raid their fridge. Oh yeah! No, I mm-hmm. ate so much good rich people food. <laughs> no, I got put this way: your boy got a taste uh, for uh, smoked salmon. Oh hell yeah! I got a seventeen-year-old, sixteen, seventeen-year-old me got a taste for smoked salmon that has not abided. Well, you're also a New a Yorker. I'm like, if you didn't need it, if you if you grew up in Brooklyn, you've never had a bagel with locks, I'd be like, who who kept you from the bagel shop? You know what? Yeah. What hurt you? Who hurt yeah. you? <laughs> I, I judge people now based on their bagel order. So uh, you know, I'm glad that you're a smoked salmon 
you know, fan hell at least. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. But that's my, that's my first job. Like that's wow. a really fun first job. That was an amazing story. I, I don't even know where to take it from here. What are we, where'd you go? You went to college after, did you stay in New York or did I you I went leave? to college after, but, well, here's the funny thing though, that the job I had, um, so that was like my junior, between my junior year of high school, I believe my, mm-hmm. the summer before college, I had my shadiest job ever. <laughs> my, you won't believe this. My shadiest job ever. So I was my buddy's uh, brother, older brother, had this like company that um, made athletic programs for like colleges and the NBA and like high schools and stuff. So you go to a okay. game, you get like a program, right? So they had us out in Long Island in this like boiler room style place selling advertising to local businesses in these college towns, like calling okay. up like, "Hey, I'm so and so with." University of Michigan, do you want to buy a good luck from your friends in business? You know, mm-hmm. ad, 20, 20 by 20 ad in like uh, in their football program for the season. Yeah. And I, you know, and we would make good money, make good commission. But then come to find out after I left to go to college, the whole thing was a scam. <laughs> the whole thing. Oh, no. It was a, str- I, we were doing interstate fraud. Oh, my <laughs> we're, God. Here's the You're thing. gonna show up on a documentary on like fucking you know HBO one of these days. <laughs> I might, I might, I might. You know what? We might have to not release this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I um I found out that basically we were calling up and we were misrepresenting the, uh, our relationship. We didn't have a relationship with most of these schools. With these schools, oh no. We were just calling companies and selling them fake ads. Basically, we would make like. Just the number of copies of the program to send to the comp- to the companies, uh-huh. so we could say like, "Hey, these are the programs." But then they would eventually go to the games and not see <gasps> their ads. Yo, it was like a house of That's cards. That's so bad. It was so bad. They got raided by the FBI. Know. And you they didn't got know. raided by the FBI two years later. I, d- I had no idea. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> And people you knew, like who were working, you knew the guys still there when that happened. Oh my god, I knew guys who were still there. His thing, they transitioned at some point after I left into having a legitimate business with the NBA. So they were doing NBA programs, but they were not doing college and high schools. And that was where the big scam was. Oh, wow. So they got raided by the FBI. And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm lucky I wasn't still working there. <laughs> I've been yeah. like part of like, you know, all kinds of litigation or something. Well, that's crazy. Oh, my God. That's so, my shadiest job. That's shady. I love how you were like, he's riding in fucking, you know, town cars to the Beacon Theater. And then he's working in a basement in Long Island fucking selling fake ads. I mean, Anna, what can I say? journey, you know, you go up and down. (laughs) What can I say, Anna? I've always been a baller. (laughs) You have. You have. So what did you do in college? Were you – here's my question. In college, were you um, performing at all? Were you getting into, you know, entertainment? No, no, I got into I got into stand up so late in life compared to everyone else. Like I started stand up when I was thirty five. Wow, ten and he's, years ago. Ellen's like, wait, I thought he was thirty five right now, right? <laughs> I know, I saw your what? face. Yeah, no, yeah. I think because I think of you as my age. I think of you as young. I'm not thirty five yet. I'm twenty seven forever. So Ooh. it's you know, it's you know, it's it's cool. It's it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a lifestyle. It's no big deal. <laughs> um. Wait, so, okay, so you go to college. So college what were you majoring in? So in, so in college, I got, uh, I was so lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself till late in life. So I I was a communications major. I thought I wanted to be a sports writer. But okay. then I realized you had to be like on deadline your whole life. And I was like, ugh, kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, thank you. <laughs> no thank you. So um, I kind of like drifted around after college, like between 
professions and aspirations and then kind of landed on wanting to work in film. I worked as a PA on like some, some big movies and some small ones. And then I kind of found, did you come back? Were you in New York for school or I was in Boston. Uh, I went to Boston university. Uh, what? I think we've talked about this. We have talked about this. When you said it, I was like, yeah, we have. And Remy and yeah, so fucking weird. There's so many comedians who Wait, went to or be as, a, or as you would say, Universidad de Boston. De Boston. Yes, de yes. Boston. That's how it started. I just fucking said one line. Oh my God. Boston. I love that you went to BU. I feel like we have talked about this and I remember until people say it, I remember zero. We've had a yeah. lot of BU and Ellen went to Syracuse. We've had a lot of like random Syracuse and BU people. I almost, I almost <laughs> went to Syracuse. That was my second choice. Really? Oh, yeah. I went are you there. a Gemini too? I am a terrible Virgo. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about um about astrology except for I know Virgo is the worst one. No, people say we're the worst. We're Gemini's. People people don't like us when we walk in a room. Oh, I guess we all have <laughs> that like, in common then. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know either. Okay. Yeah, college. So, college. I. College. I. Did I was you like lost. I loved it. You know what? I what I really wanted was I wanted to be a nameless, faceless, like kid in the crowd because I went to such a tiny uh, like high school. My graduating mm-hmm. class was 30 people mm-hmm. in high school. Wow. So I, I just wanted to be 30. I knew them very well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we got, we were sick of each other. So when I got to BU, it was, BU was like, you know, second biggest or one of the biggest like undergrad populations yeah, uh, in the country. So I was like, this is great. I just want to be like a face in the crowd. And I had, I met so many cool people and my, my uncle told me to go away to college because it would make me more well-rounded and like independent. Mm-hmm. And he was so right. Yeah. It was so much better. I, I had friends who stayed in New York and like they just became kind of like coddled by like their parent mom doing their laundry and never having to figure things out. Yeah. And I'm so glad I went away. Yeah. I have friends who grew up in New York City and in Brooklyn and stuff. And it's funny because uh, a lot of them are still very tied to home and because they didn't go away. And like, you know, you go away and it's like, nope, you got to do your own fucking laundry in the dorms and you got to make plans and Yo, find I, food. <laughs> I, I taught. I I swear to God, I taught at least ten people how to iron their clothes. My freshman year. <laughs> I was like the freaking like uh, freaking happy homemaker. They had no idea. They were. I didn't realize that everyone's parents didn't treat them like like servants. <laughs> like my, like, <laughs> Your parents put my you to work. <laughs> my mom looked at taking care of the house as me and my sister's job. Mm-hmm. She was like, I make the money. And y'all take care of the house. Like that was mm. her whole thing. So we were like washing the the whole house and like our clothes and ironing and drying all that stuff since we were like eight. Wow. So, so yeah, she had like a little army. Yeah, <laughs> it was like that's how it was. So it's a smart met- mom, honestly, very 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 smart move on her. Part. But you know, but she was problematic because she'd be like, "You're not gonna need no woman to take care of you," and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like mom I'm seven <laughs> there's this comedian I really like do you know the the account on Instagram not skinny but not fat do you know this girl uh, Amanda she's so funny and she has like a one year old and people are always at she she posted about this she's like people are always asking when are you gonna have another kid he's like almost two or something so he's like you know out and about and she goes I told you I'm not having another kid till he's seven so he can babysit there's a plan in place like I don't want- <laughs> I was like, I I like that. I like that she's thinking about that. No, that's funny. When I went to BU, I remember um, 
I didn't realize uh, people didn't make their beds. I wasn't allowed to go to school in the morning unless my bed was made. Like that was, Mm -hmm. your bed had to be made in my house. And like, even now I'm like, I call myself the bed Nazi because when I first started dating Jared, I was like, we can't, we can't leave. We have to make the bed before we leave the house. Like you can't, that's the rules. (laughs) In college I had roommates and I'm like, damn, they just fucking leave their bed. My bed was perfect every day of school. That was so funny. You were like, you were like a little like marine. <laughs> I'm like, like hospital doing- corners. Let's go. <laughs> hospital corners. Yeah. Oh my god. It is so funny how we really can absorb all these things from growing up and not even realize that they're strange until we get into a different environment and people are yeah. like, "What is wrong with you?" Yeah. They're like, "You're you're you're not at home. You don't have to make your bed." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's gross not to." Like. <laughs> What am I going to come home and get in an unmade bed? Ugh. <laughs> Whatever. You were like you were like an 85-year-old, 18-year-old lady. I was. I still am. <laughs> I think that's my vibe forever. I love that. I love uh, it. So did you work in Boston? You didn't work in Boston. You came back. Okay. I definitely worked. I had – oh, my God. So I had a very formative job there. In my, my junior year, I started working as a retail associate at Cheers Boston. Oh Come hell! On. Wow, how yeah. uh, how fitting! <laughs> I was all about it. I I freaking became the youngest like manager in the history nice. of Cheers. After I graduated, I, I stayed there for two years after college and worked as a, a retail manager and then cross trained as like a pub manager. And then like I kind of Boston kind of started to bum me out. Yeah, like in the, in the winter it's time, small. Boston, but it's very small in the winter time. It's a bummer if you don't like have. A good like nearby group like f- like friend situation where you can go yeah. out together and stuff. So I moved back to New York and like I was immediately happier. That's and, good. Kind of kind of went on my little journey here. Mm-hmm. So you, you started getting into it. You said you started getting like PA gigs, right? So you were like getting the the bug a little bit. You wanted to feel that world out, right? Yeah. The coolest part of that that whole period was I worked uh, on I Am Legend with Will Smith. And for like for Will Smith, like, my prediction for uh, best actor in the Oscars this year, I believe he's going to win. I agree. I think he was he's fantastic in that movie. Oh. But yeah, he, he that was actually one of the better experiences I've had in my life because for three weeks I got to work with the first unit with Will and like the other like lead actors and watching him up close, like in his so cool. like skill level and dedication and how nice he was to everyone. It kind of stuck with me for my whole life. Like he that's amazing. Is, he's an incredible like presence. Wow. So like it really just the way he carried himself and like the way he talked to everyone with kindness and like with also with like authority, it really kind of stuck in my head. That's amazing. I've I've seen like the girls who were in uh what is it, King Richard with him. Like I saw them in interviews recently, and like everybody who's worked with him has always said how so kind he is to everyone on set and like doesn't matter what your job is, he will respect you and be and I'm like that's a superstar. That's what you want in someone, right? That's and it. We, and we all know if you worked in the business with people, there are people who do not have that reputation. Mm-mm. Who have like like there is there is a couple of actresses. I can name you five of them from working in restaurants who came in who were assholes to me. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not even serving you. I'm literally saying hello and like what? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. You were gonna say something about it, No, it's okay. Like I I mean I remember from working in uh, production, but then also working as an extra years later, you would just hear these stories about some of these actors who were just monsters. Mm-hmm. And they just were established and they could get away with it because they were talented. But I feel like that kind of stopped for a while because I remember when JLo kind of was banished 
for like a good hot 10 years because mm. she was apparently was just a difficult to deal with. And then one day her movie stopped doing well and they were like, oh, thank God we don't have to deal with her anymore. And then she went to American Idol and rehabbed her whole image. But before that, she was like out. I didn't know that was like the whole, like why she went on American Idol. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, second act did it for me a couple of years ago. You know, that was an amazing movie. So I think she's she's back on my list of movies. I haven't seen the new one. Mary, what is it? Mary me. me. Yeah, Marry I haven't me. seen it yeah. yet. I haven't seen it yet. But they kept tweeting at me like the movie, and I was like, Ooh. either pay me to do a partnership or stop mm-hmm. tweeting at me. What the fuck? That's right. That's right. You're like you're like stop sweating me. Why are you yeah, have to what? sweat me? Ugh. I don't know. So when did you get into stand up? We don't have that much time, but I want to hear, you know, like your how you fell into that cuz you're okay. He's comedy full time now, so. As the years go by, I yeah. am more and more embarrassed about what a dude way I got into stand up. This is such a dude way to get in. I was the best man at my best friend's wedding, wrote a speech with a ton of jokes in it, smashed for a wedding of 300 people and basically became addicted to like adrenaline. Oh my <laughs> god! Started doing stand up. So it you is killed. Like a, this was I, the best show you ever had. I mean, honestly, Anna. I, after ten years, it's still one of the best like quality performances. Even though I didn't know what I was doing, because <laughs> I was. It's easier when people know you, of course. And I was writing such specific jokes about the people, the bride and the sure. groom. I knew them so well. So all the inside jokes were hitting, and I was just so like feeling myself. I was the star of the wedding more than the bride. It was, I was insane. Like, is this the plot of Marry Me? Because it sounds like a rom-com. I swear to God, people were coming up to me after, like, do you do stand up? And uh-huh. I was like, no, I don't do stand up. That was my first time. I had, I had horrible, like, fear of speaking in public before that. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You don't seem shy at all to me. I mean, I guess oh. I've only known you as a performer, but wow. Yeah, I love so, that. That's nice. So your two friends are they still married? I hope they're they like they are still married. They are like okay. twenty two, twenty two years together now. Oh my god! So I they hope they're like, they're like we birthed the career uh, for well, you. Yeah, I, you know, I don't. I don't know if you've seen. You've had this probably because you. I know you've been to some weddings. Um, this is the problem though. When you are a comedian and people know it, and you're going to a wedding, they expect <sighs> you to murder in your like speech, and they mm-hmm. always make sure you have to give a speech, even if you're not even part of the whole freaking wedding situation. Mm-hmm. So I have now had four like super pressure packed best man speeches <laughs> because people like will like tell their guests, "Oh, he's a comic. It's gonna be so funny." And I'm like, <laughs> "Stop saying that. This is so much pressure." Damn, you're booking a lot of these wedding gigs, huh? I'm yeah. booking mad. I'm booking mad weddings. Wow. You should no, stop charging. One, I should. The last one was the worst because my friend got married and he was like really telling, hyping me, hyping me up to people. And he had me go last as like, you know, the headliner of the speeches, I guess. <laughs> so his, so the, the bride's um, dad gets up and this freaking bastard, he's not only heartfelt, he's hilarious. Oh, he killed. So I'm sitting there on the side hating. Just ah, this guy thinks he's funny. He's the funny one. This is terrible. All the pressure. <laughs> then the freaking groom, the best man gets up. He's killing. Oh, no. Killing. I mean, murdering. Jokes like bam, bam. This is like rapid fire jokes. I'm like, this is crazy. And then the, 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 the matron of honor gets up. And she's not funny, but she's so heartfelt <laughs> and well-spoken that I'm like, this is a disaster. I'm going to bomb. Oh, I'm going to no. bomb this freaking wedding. And thankfully, I, I, dug, I dug deep. 
I went outside. I, I played some Eminem <laughs> in my headphones. <laughs> and I went back inside. And Anna, I put on a performance. I really smashed. But I was exhausted afterwards because I was so freaking like <laughs> nervous and worn out. Like I'd never been Palms that nervous. Sweaty like, knees. <laughs> oh my God, yo, mom spaghetti. It was crazy. <laughs> I picture this like one of those rap battles. <laughs> that should be that should be a sketch, like the rap battle of wedding speeches where people are just like coming. You know, they almost did it in Bridesmaids where they're just coming out, firing <laughs> off these jokes. And the crowd is like losing their mind and they're drinking up. Oh, man. Totally, totally. I thought that was going to go a different way. I'm glad you I'm glad you did a good job. Oh, my I God. Bombed, I bombed at my own sister's wedding. Ooh, that's stinky inky. That's rough. None of them will ever listen to this podcast, so I can say it here. But literally, so I had never really met her husband before. I didn't have the jokes. I didn't know him at all. Mm-hmm. I met him once before they got married. I never met his family. You know what I mean? So it was, and and my sister and I weren't close. But she made me the maid of honor because she kind of mm-hmm. had to because I'm the sister. Oh. We have a brother, too. And so I thought this would be really funny. Okay. This is also like six years ago. You guys, I thought this would be so funny. So at the time it was writer. I was like, I'm going to do something topical. Oh God. Oh God. I'm so nervous. Nobody cancel me. Okay. So (laughs) Melania Trump. (laughs) Oh my God. Anna, no. Anna, no. She did some speech that. She straight up ripped off of Michelle Obama. Do you yeah, remember yeah, this? I remember this. Yes. Like, word for word. Okay, wait, can I pause for one second and just say <laughs> that you are telling me that you decided uh, to go, one, go political at your freaking sister's wedding, and two, Melania <gasps> Trump. Okay, continue. This is this is amazing. <laughs> and so, you are out there. I was like, oh, I'll just, I'm going to rip the same speech <laughs> and, like, see if they know. Oh my so, god. I was oh like, my god. Third time's a charm, bitch. And I start saying this speech and like silent, like crickets. <laughs> and no one gets it. <laughs> okay, to quote the great Sherrod Small, jokes only work if you know stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, this I thought it was hilarious. I was like breaking. I was like, <laughs> whatever I say. <laughs> I was like, this is the funniest fucking thing. Everyone's looking at me like, what is She's out of her mind. And then, then, you know, I was like, okay, well, I guess you guys didn't realize that I was actually saying a very famous speech by Michelle Obama that was then again adapted by Melania Trump that now Anna Roispin is in line to do. And I don't know. And then I like, you know, I just improvised the rest of it. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. I didn't want to speak at all. So. Wow. Yo! But, but, but by the way, I hope this is in your act. This is incredible. It's not. This is, what, this is one of the funniest. That is one of the funniest cringe stories I have ever heard. This should. Okay, I'll do this it tonight. Is, I have to do a show at This is an injustice that you don't have this. Uh, we, okay, I'm gonna get the Wu Tang thing together, and you're gonna get this together, and okay. we're gonna like we're gonna that's be Work our goal out. because. Anna, that is so goddamn funny. The lack of judgment is so funny. Oh my god! I didn't even know who these people voted for. I never met them. That was the best. <laughs> Maybe some you of them out loved like, it. You come out like, "Yo, Trump sucks, huh?" And they're like, "Boo, boo, thought, go back to New York, boo." I'll win the whole room because whether or not they voted for Trump, it's a stolen speech from Michelle Obama. So the other people voted for Obama. <laughs> 
Oh my! Wow, you are really. There is a bag of hammers going on <sighs> up in that cranium at times. <laughs> there is a a bag of monkeys running around chasing each other because that is one of the craziest lines of thought I've ever heard, and also hilarious. It was funny. my first time in Colorado, and we went to a dispensary the night before, and I ate so many edibles. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> I probably Googled popular speech and then like that. I was like, that'd be so funny. That's so funny to a high person. You're like, if I'm, if I also did. Anyway, uh, it oh, didn't work Anna, out. Anna, I don't honestly, think any of my family members, if you said, did Anna speak at, at Sarah's wedding? I don't think anyone would even say I spoke. They'd be like, they blocked um, it out of their so. memory. Yeah, I really <laughs> don't think. And you don't understand, this is the kind of thing that a Hollywood screenwriter would write as an awkward, hilarious thing to happen in a movie. And yeah. you did it in real life. I this is incredible. It. Incredible. <laughs> Thank you. All right. You're giving me hope to make something out of it. I never really oh talked my, about that. It is so goddamn funny. You were crazy. I that went is alone amazing. to the wedding. I didn't have like a date or anything. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <sighs> You're too much. That uh, that is really funny. <laughs> Not as funny as taking two little eight year olds to Wu Tang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we laughed so hard. I gotta just say, are there any other? You have so many fun stories, and you know it's okay to go a little over. Are there any other jobs or job stories? I know you, he prepares for everything. I know you wrote down or you thought about it beforehand. Anything else you wanted to to well, leave I, with us? Well, I do. There's a couple things. One, I want to get back into very briefly the job I was fired from during the early pandemic. Oh, okay. Uh, one thing that was very funny about the firing was there was part of me that very much wanted to be like, because okay, background. This was when Black Lives Matter was really popping off, mm-hmm. and every company was like, "Oh shit, we forgot to hire black people." Oh my god! <laughs> so no. they just like hired like the the quick the closest black person, and so I happened to be hired in that wave of like guilt, black guilt, white guilt hi- hirings, which were like. Well, long overdue, but also a little problematic because uh, as I was being fired, I, I swear to God, and this was this was like in line with the, the line of bad judgment that you illustrated during your sister's <laughs> wedding speech. <laughs> I very much wanted to say, now, I do realize that I am the worst employee at this job. But I also I am the only black employee. Stop. <laughs> so so if you can maybe reconsider this whole firing thing. Yes. What the I fuck? Really, I really wanted to say that, but then I was like, you know what? I've been effing up so bad in this job, I can't even pull that car. Let me just <laughs> let me just resign with dignity. <laughs> Instead, you apologize to him. I'm sorry you gotta fire me. I did. I, I did. I'm, 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 I'm so sorry you have to fire me, especially at this time with me being black. <laughs> oh my god. Stop it! I'm, I'm sure. Honestly, I'm sure this guy was from like Oregon, so I'm sure that like he was that was part of his 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 um really his angst. I'm sure he was like I'm firing a wonderful black man oh, who, no. <laughs> who has been through so much in this time of George Floyd, and I just don't know if I'll ever recover from this day. Oh, oh. <laughs> He's on another podcast right now talking about that one time. <laughs> he is. He is. He's like, and, you know, and you know what, Jim? That's when I realized I had to be a better ally. <laughs> I marched that day, you know. I, I went and marched. <laughs> he went and marched. He's like, I fired a black man in the morning, but that oh. night I helped a black man protest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's too funny. And oh I love god. that you were just like, I see I see through all of you, and I'm still not gonna do this job well. Yeah. And yes, you yeah. could fire me. That's I will yes. take this one like a man. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so good. So now, okay, your full-time comedy, right? So what's crazy is I have this um, – I have – my schedule is crazy. I have the full-time customer service job, which is very chill. There's, it's oh, not really many problems with this particular job. I don't have to, to do too much, um, which leaves me some time. And I'm doing the Zoom shows constantly, and that's like been really good, going, going well. We hired a sales guy to help us get more gigs, and we were already doing tons of gigs last year. I think I did 120 Zoom shows last year, and they're all oh corporate. Oh, my God. Well. I yeah. want to do some more Zoom shows. I want yeah, you yeah. to hire me to do Zoom shows. Hit me up. That's what I'm going to say. We, we should link up. We should link up. I've done um, a couple of those, but I don't have someone like booking me on them, but they were so fun. I enjoy, because, you know, doing HQ, I enjoy talking to just myself. I'm okay with, <laughs> I did it for the last three years. I got no audience laughing at me and I'm fine with it, you know? I mean, that was always very impressive to me because that's one thing, like with these shows, we, we're really good about getting the audience to turn their cameras and mics on. Mm-hmm. And I, I do I do a, a, basically a multimedia version of, um, of comedy on Zoom where I do mm-hmm. pictures and videos next to me, mm-hmm. kind of like I was doing during. You've seen my Zoom yeah, sets, and I love and I, that. For me, that, that's the only way I can really make it like fun for me because I just didn't like talking to the camera. And yeah, like, uh, so basically, um, I've been doing those like hardcore. I think 115 last year. And Holy then, like, shit! There was one week I did 22 of them during the holiday, the Christmas Christmas season. It, it was insane. So it's been like it's been that's it's been like a godsend dope. though because it's yeah. paying the bills and and it's making me more motivated to do more things. Doing the voiceover stuff still, trying to get back to write more commercials, and now doing the TV thing. Hopefully more, and then me and Remy doing this YouTube. So it's a lot of stuff going on. That's but exciting. It's, a, it's all stuff that I want to do. Thank you. It's yeah. all stuff I want to do, which is nice. You're killing it. You're killing it. And you know what? Your spirits have been up here the whole time. So I think that's why you're you're only destined for even more and better things. So it's happening well, for you. Well. There's that, and we're, I mean, I don't know we're going to about to get out of here, but the other big big change I made, I just, I just shipped the whole thing. The other big change I made, uh, dating non-monogamously. Major key. Wow. Brought me a lot of happiness. Yeah, I'm dating three very wonderful ladies right now. A little wonderful. plot twist at the end. <laughs> and, I love it. Uh, it's, been, it's been fantastic. It's been That's fantastic. That's great. So, yeah, so you let got people to know, know that, like, yourself. I think people need to take yeah. the time to figure out what's going to make you the happiest. And life is fucking precious and short, as we've seen in these last few years. Absolutely. Focus Absolutely. on Not- what brings you joy and fuck people, fuck people who have anything to say about it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those deals where I feel, I feel like people need to know that you don't have to do everything the traditional way. You can do things in your own way. And if they work for you, that's fantastic. I'm just going to say I have a lot of single friends, though, and the fact that you have three people is a little selfish. I'm just going to say that. You know what I mean? A, I went to dinner with four single women, you know, this weekend, and they can't find one, but, you know, it's okay. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. I'm, you seem really happy, and I'm really I'm really thrilled for you. So, And I can't wait to see you Saturday. We're doing a show Saturday, although this episode's going to drop afterwards. So yes, pretend. we're doing a show Saturday. I'm very happy for you because, Anna, you have it. You have what everyone wants, which is the ball of talent and drive. And I just know huge things are coming. So I'm just like psyched that I was able to like get in on the ground floor of seeing your genius before it was widely um, acknowledged. Kind of like the people who saw like uh, Van Gogh paint oh early God, on stop. in his career and they were like guess what i've been known about van gogh now y'all now y'all jumping on the bandwagon i've oh been known about anna royceman and then people are gonna jump on the bandwagon like oh have you seen her on her tv show i've been with her in the streets stop. of ig reels son i'm obsessed with you you're you are lifting my ego so high you know especially i've never been compared to van gogh oh my god on tiktok the other day someone said you look like a girl stephen colbert <laughs> 
Oh, my God. And I oh thought, I should sign off this app every so often, you know? Maybe. I, no, I love him. But that was someone I never got in my entire life. I'm like, is it because I'm you are, glasses? You are the Van Gogh, oh, you are Van Gogh of, of comedic character work. I'm going to take you it. Are the Van Thank Gogh you. Of it. So good. So funny. So Thank fun. you so much. Well, you're a dreamboat. This was an amazing episode. I'm so excited for everyone to hear it. Um, please plug all of your things. Where can they find you? Where can they see you do comedy and follow you? Yo, follow me at Khalid Says on Instagram first and foremost. Um, at Khalid Said What on TikTok, not to brag, I have 300 followers. Hell yes. <laughs> I'm not doing well. Uh, also, follow me. Uh, if you want to do, if you want me to do comedy in your boring corporate thing and jazz it up, uh, book a show through Laugh.Events and ask for your boy. Love it, awesome! Thank you for being here. You're the best. Thank you. Oh, that was one of my all-time favorite episodes, and maybe because he buttered me up and he said really, really kind things, but he brought such a joyous energy, right? Such positive energy. Such good energy. Fucking times, right? The world is like crumbling. Oh, so dark. And but he yeah, has little ray a, of sunshine. Oh my God. Seriously. Khalid, Loved I it. mean, I hope everyone follows him because he really, you know, I, I did. So good. I followed him during, during our during our recording. While we were recording, yeah. I love it. I love it. That was so much fun. And honestly, like, I will never get over that Wu Tang concert story. I ever. know. I'm gonna like have to. I want to like tell people about that. It's just <laughs> such a good story. Yeah, he's got to tell that on stage. That was really funny. I've also yeah. never said out loud about my sister's wedding, which I thought was it just came to me. That because story he is said also that. amazing. I think you should work that into your into something Never, I, yeah it's such a good story thank uh, you oh my god i wish um, i was there i i <laughs> not maybe not you know maybe it's just better as a story <laughs> not. i wish i could go back in time and be in the audience and see I people's wish I could reactions see a video of it but i don't think anyone videoed this wedding which is probably for the better i would get canceled if that video was circling anywhere you know they'd be like what the fuck did she even not canceled for like you know imitating melania but literally just like failing as a speech <laughs> for bombing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I want to do another all call episode. Maybe our final episode of, you know, final of 100 will be a all call episode. You know what I mean? The yeah. 100th I would episode. love that. We give back. We, we, everybody calls in for the 100th episode. I'll tweet about it. So you guys will know there. Um, can I say one other thing? Yeah. I, um, I'm believing that, you know, we talked about manifesting, that it's working. It's I working for you, yeah. I have gotten a couple of gigs, and I am going to continue to believe in myself that I am going to get more gigs. Like, I literally will get an audition, and I'll be like, I'm getting this gig. Like, mm -hmm. just the shift in my – and it's Positive happening. Positive thinking. I got and you charged gigs. your crystals. I charged my stones. Yes, yes, the crystals. I have become a full Brooklyn witch, and okay. I am embracing this side of me. Well, it's working, obviously. It's working. So. Um, I'm really excited about it. Like, it's nice to feel um, not even just like getting a paycheck, but it's nice to feel like someone wants to work with they, you. On they like you. They really like you. They really, really like 
me. Uh, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and, you know, um, I want to say one other thing that I call work, but people call it uh, nonsense. Uh, I did go to a New York Knicks game as Steve from Sex oh, yeah. and the City. Did anyone um, notice that you were dressed like in a wig or anything? Or um, anyone I'm like- going to go with if they did, they did not acknowledge it. Uh, right. In New York City, you can fucking wear whatever you want and no one gives a fuck. So, uh, no. Yeah. However, I did order food and when I got my food I literally I got chicken fingers and I was like can I please have a barbecue sauce and I I said it like that but I was in the full (laughs) Steve outfit and they go here you go ma'am and I I had a moment where I was like you're not fooling anyone you know what do not yeah but also do not assume someone's gender like I felt like oh yeah weird weird for you to still call me ma'am even though I look like a fucking (laughs) Yeah, Harry actually, Potter, as you call me, <laughs> kind of rude. It's I think Steve and Harry Potter have like a lot of stuff in common: glasses, yeah, flannels. Should I just start yeah. doing a Harry Potter? Car- I've never uh, seen it, so it'll just be like, "Hello, it's me, <laughs> Harry Potter." Harry Potter. <laughs> um, one of these days. I'll try it. Are you sick of Steve yet? I, I'm worried people are going to get sick of him, but I have a couple more videos coming out. No, keep on doing it. Okay. 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 I got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay <laughs> Thank Miranda, you. I'll, I'll keep on continuing to find you. Yeah. Um, do it forever. I, do, I have a plan though. I do have a friend whose kids go to um, Cynthia Nixon's son's school and I really okay, want to go with her. this sounds like it's going the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I what are you going to do to her I want to go with my friend to pick up her kid at school dressed as Steve just in case she's like there and I can just be like, Miranda, all I need is just a oh shot my of God. me saying it's her... Do you, that would be amazing. Um, I'd die. I would die. That would be quite a feat if you <laughs> if you did that. Anyway, it's a, it's a job. It's a full time job at this point to make this happen. Uh, either her or David Eigenberg. If I can meet David Eigenberg, my life will be complete. I feel. Um, yeah. Until the next thing. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, this was a top-notch episode. Please listen to all of the other episodes. Go back. Give us a little rating. Give us a little review. If you want more, uh, tweet at us. You know, Instagram, DM us. We are available in so many on so many platforms in so many ways. And uh, I love you guys for being here. And I love this episode. And uh, may we all get all of the really good jobs. Okay, bye. <laughs> Right now, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our Patreon. This is your shout out right here from me. Tons of love. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon, all of our videos go up there. Sometimes I just write fun things because I feel like it. And it's just a really nice way to support us at Unemployed. And, you know, so we can keep this thing going. We do it for nothing. We do it for fun. We do it for you to listen to. So definitely check out the Patreon. And right now, huge shout out to our patrons, Bill Horton, Chi of Steel, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you. <laughs> <laughs>